Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. 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 Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Good evening, Khuyanand Mulweni, and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali Show. So tonight we continue with our series focusing on step families or blended families and perhaps difficult aspects thereof, but also happy scenarios that we'd like to sketch eventually as we go through our program. I'm speaking with Annie Jolivetta Oliveira and she's from FAMSA and of course we will focus on these uh, different aspects around blended families. So first to greet Annie. Annie, good evening and welcome to the program. Good evening Shahida and everyone who's listening. So thank you so much for again taking out of your family time to speak with me and also our listeners on this very important topic that affects so many lives. So Annie, just to, you know, before the the program, we could look at different aspects that we'd like to speak about and kind of basing it on um, a matter of importance, we thought it would be helpful to speak about unresolved loss in relation to when there is the thought of having a new marriage or perhaps even in the marriage already and then we'd like to grow that to what would be good planning and good conversations Mm -hmm. and questions to have and to answer for yourself even but also to have conversations with the other person so perhaps to start I know you have your thoughts that are so valuable well When you lose a partner, whether it's divorce or death, you, like we said last week, you need to give yourselves and your children time to adjust. So very often families and parents don't realize just how dynamic and long that adjustment period can be can be an unpredictable time sometimes children um, can have emotional outbursts but we should see that coming and be careful of our expectations Um, so in terms of loss if you think of the Kubler-Ross model of loss um, you have your shock phase you have your denial your anger your sadness your bargaining and then your acceptance Mm -hmm. and we go in and out of all those phases until we eventually reach that point of acceptance um in my experience that can take up to two years sometimes even as long as seven years um so it's just having an open mind and yeah realizing that your lives have been disrupted some so there is that developmental disruption for every single family member when there's loss. Yeah, and, um, I, and I suppose also, um, and if you can speak more about it as well, is there different loss scenarios 
will make the grieving process more complex or not. So, for example, if there was trauma, if there was a sudden death, or if there was a long illness, you know, would all have the the grieving, it would impact on the grieving in a different way. And, and another thing that I'd like you to speak about is the bargaining part if people are still stuck in the wishful thinking part you know how i wish or can i pinch myself and the person will come through the door etc or my mom and dad will get back together that all of those would be the part of the grieving that you are now asking to take into the new marriage but please respond to that for me you you make you make such a good point with that bargaining and often children would want their parents together. Yeah. Um, and yet the conflicts in the marriage, if, if that's what's dissolved the marriage, can be so uncomfortable and painful for all the family members. But for the children, it is difficult because that adult relationship isn't theirs. They're the children. Um, yeah, so it's, it's for all of us, if we think of... Um, if there's something that we've really loved, it might be for girls a bracelet or a ring that a mum gave a daughter. And if you lose it, you can also go through a bargaining period yeah. thinking, I hope I find it, trying to rack your brain and think, Where, when did I wear it last? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so even with something that is, is um, material, we can experience loss. So imagine how much more with that human relationship where there has been attachment, there has been emotional intimacy, or, or maybe not. Maybe um, with the parents that you end up not living with or the parent that you have lost, maybe your relationship wasn't a good one. And afterwards you can have that conflict of thinking, I feel so guilty that I said this, that I didn't make more time for mom or dad, mm-hmm. or the other way around with the parents. Um, regretting yes. the, the surviving spouse mm-hmm. that they didn't invest more or the divorced spouse thinking I failed my marriage looking yeah. back I realize I could have done more yeah and and just on that Annie very often you would then see let's say a husband lost his wife and let's assume because you have these scenarios a husband who has adult children, he lost his wife or even divorced the wife and it was a failed marriage and perhaps he didn't do his best as, as well as he could have and so his children have that opinion. Now he marries another wife and wants to be good with her but the scenario very often will play itself out with children saying, well you didn't do that for my mom, how dare you do this for your new wife and even him feeling guilty and therefore withholding from treating the new wife in the best of way because there's guilt connected to the first marriage so those are of the scenarios that I think one needs to be so aware of uh, and, and therefore just coming back to therapy counseling and how helpful that would be to kind of take you through that I'm, I'm mm. also thinking when we're talking about let down so you're going into a new family there's been a loss and and let's say there's been illness again we see this in scenarios that we work with so there's been illness i prayed and i prayed but my parent died so i feel let down and Mm -hmm. so going into the new marriage 
I could feel very, very angry because my prayers weren't answered because I wanted my mom or my dad to live and they didn't live. So here comes another person and they happily take over the life with my other parent. So many complexities. You're so right. I mean, staying with what you've just said, um, life can just feel so unfair. But the cliched learning is that this is life. Life does have the unexpected. It does have the disappointments. And it may sound a bit harsh to say because that family, those children will have to push through pain and feeling like they weren't dealt a fair hand. Yeah. Um, but on the plus side, and I say this with respect and in a delicate manner, really, um, we, we need to grow our inner strength in situations like that and and those will build and add to our coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. because in life we are going to be hurt we are going to have disappointment and we're going to have more loss in one way or the other yeah yeah and it's it's interesting and i mean for for our listeners who are listening and i'd like for for them to be a part of our program they can sms us and the SMS number, and I quickly have to get to that number, is 47913. Or they can WhatsApp on the WhatsApp number 072-238-0712. That's 072-238-0712. You can also phone us in the studio. I know Our number is 021-442-3530. And, of course, you'll be live on air. I was just thinking of another scenario that is that you often see happening. So like you say, if there's been or you described something like the a child might have had a difficult relationship with the their own biological parent. They're now in this marriage with the new parent. And sometimes that can be a wonderful relationship. And so um, yet there'll be the, the pull and the push between I need to be loyal to my mm. biological parent. Mm. But really we have such a stunning relationship with, let's call it the step parent. And, uh, you know, just your thoughts on can we sometimes just allow ourselves to be and respond to that which which is right which feels right which feels fulfilling yeah uh, there's you you you're right i mean it's 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 quite a hard one to actually comment on but what it does have me think broadly speaking in terms of the 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 adjustment period i'm going to go back to that phrase is that um you do have new roles you have new relationships um um yeah and what you've also touched on is that you can't get away from issues around guilt loyalty conflicting feelings and we 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 all move through life with the past Mm -hmm. and when you having a family marry into another each family is coming with their past and so i would say that it's just so important to be open in your communication to talk about stories in the past and current present experiences as well 
Um, and so what you you're talking about the importance of having conversations mm. and and not feeling fearful to have mm. them one of the things that that i've seen or experienced would be if there was a loss for example a death and there's a new marriage that um often in that family very little is spoken about the person who had passed on instead of normalizing it true and and if it's difficult for the mother or father who lost the wife or the husband that's where again therapy sessions are a huge help just to facilitate and mediate open communication about through with all the family members um it's quite interesting i'm sure you find in many sessions that a parent or a child when they leave the session and you reflecting on what they've taken from the session mm -hmm. what they've learned what they've discovered it'll they'll, they'll often reflect on aspects of what their family members have said that they had no idea they were feeling yeah. or it might even be something that they saw or experienced with the deceased um yeah so just that to keep the communication open is helpful yeah and uh, i find also and please speak about this very often I'll recommend that they ask each other, what can I do to help? How would you like me to be? Are there things I can do to make it better? You know, with the adjustment period. What are your thoughts on that? In terms of people indicating specifically, um, I will appreciate it if you were to do X, Y, Z. Um. Just explain to me more, Shahida. So, so say, for example, um, a lady comes into um, a marriage and there's been a loss of a mom. And so perhaps an adolescent girl has taken over the mom role. Mm. And so when those two sit and have a conversation and, the, and the, the daughter might say, I need you to respect that I had, you know, done the cooking for so many years and this is hard for me. Can we work out a program? Perhaps, you know, that adolescent can cook on a Saturday if really that's been a part of what I feel I need to do for my family because I've put myself in that role. The, the mom, the new wife again, can say, I need you to help me in the kitchen. Let's do this together. So I mean, conversing and saying this will help. I'm saying this will help. You saying that will help. Yeah, I mean, I think you've answered it so perfectly, is that it's about each person hearing each other because from what you've said, it sounds like they redefining their individual roles. Um, so in your scenario that you've just discussed, was it the stepmom coming into the stepdaughter's yes. family? Yeah. So that so that is hard because she's almost been mother of the home. Yes. And yet by marriage now, the new mother, who's her stepmother, yeah. um, would feel that that is her role. Yes. And that, that is a hard one to negotiate. It really is a hard yeah. one. And also, you, would, you, would you say, um, Annie, that for this adolescent girl, there will be multiple losses that we have to respect. So she'd have lost her True. mom. Then she took on the role of mommy. And when a new marriage then takes place, she would have had the loss of her mom, the loss of her new role, the loss of the family as she knew you know, how it was, but also the loss of power. 
such a child mm. would have been the the mommy figure over the other children suddenly there now is a real mommy what happens to her power so it, it needs a lot of sensitivity it does and it again it's something you can't rush that negotiation um but it does remind me how although there have been losses they also gains so the daughter with the stepmom coming into the family could have it rephrased where she maybe reflects on how yes she enjoyed the cooking or maybe she didn't maybe it did tire her mm-hmm. and so a stepmom coming in could have like you said certain nights where she cooks and it relieves the the daughter absolutely of that very full responsibility yeah. so yes i'm losing some of that motherly role in my home yes um but the gain is i've got some help yes and and, 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 and also and setting her free you know the yeah. the thing of you needn't mother the children you know anymore you needn't be the watchdog over your siblings you know you can now just be a young child to see it as shared perhaps but mm-hmm. the step mom coming in would have to be so sensitive um and like you say um talk it gently and maybe in a way ask permission or say what are you needing i don't want to intrude I don't want to step on your boundaries and to yes. actually verbalize we are in a transitional phase. It is a phase of adjustment and I would like us to get on and for you not to be offended by me. It's it's a hard one because many therapists will actually say that when you have a blended family scenario mm-hmm. happening um, with the second marriage, it's often harder if the children are older because like you say, their roles are more established and yes. more defined yeah. and they're adults. Yeah, they've developed their personalities and yeah. so it's harder. We mentioned the importance of giving yourself time after the loss of your marriage, albeit by death or by divorce. If you'd like to speak more about that, please. Um, well, it's, it's so important that we don't rush how we move forward and so um, it's really important to plan Um, if 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 you are attracted to somebody the marriage can wait if if they um, like who you are and are interested give that relationship time to find out more um, about each other Um, so just generally speaking in terms of planning if you did get to the point where you felt um, I, we, we, we would like to get married, it's, it's going to be a new marriage, but if children are in the mix, then it's also a new family. So there, there are two, two things happening there. Um, and it's, it's, it's such a broad topic because when we come into a relationship, let alone into two families marrying in and becoming so-called blended, stepping into each other's units. Um, we come with the past, we'll come with fears, we'll come with the unknown. So we really need to work that openness, that open communication you were talking about earlier, Shahida, in the new relationship at an adult level, spouse to spouse, mm-hmm. but in time, parent to child. What What I see working and helpful is that Say um, a wife, a, a, a woman is coming, is, is marrying into a family, she would know her children best. 
So she comes already being that authority in those children's lives. So to begin with, let her discipline her own children with the man that she's marrying. Yes. If he comes with children, he in all likelihood would know his children better than she would. So allow him to be that authority in his children's lives. Um, there's, there's no jumping in to having that authority with somebody else's children. Mm -hmm. They say trust is earned. Yeah. It grows over time. So it's something you were saying before the show to me where it's so important to invest in the different family members as it happens, but individually. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's about what we put in, but to be authentic and real, not to rush it, not to force it. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to happen in its time, which can be frustrating. Yeah, I, I do think sometimes it's frustrating for the adults. Um, and sometimes it's hard to have patience with the process of the children. But if you don't do that, I think you're doing it in injustice both to yourself and to the children very often when things are so hard, when everyone um, is then put together. You know, when we're talking about planning, um, let's speak a little bit about how important it is to have the different conversations between the two adults in terms of scenarios that they know could possibly bring about conflict or more of an adjustment, you know. That's lovely, yeah. yeah. That, that certainly would be helpful. Um, so it's like you say, to have those conversations and to have them as a couple, but as the family start to blend, to maybe ask the family members, are there any stories you'd like to share and see what naturally comes up about yeah. family life? Mm -hmm. um, uh, I have counseled families where they would have a family meeting once a month or maybe even once a week to begin yes. with. I'm sure you have too. I find that very, very yeah. helpful here. Yeah. Yeah. Once a week, um, you know, I, I call them issue conversations. You can mm. call them different things. Mm. But also to have a good structure around that conversation. Mm. For example, can we start with positive and then the difficulty and then how to make it better and how to make it better can be questions from different people in terms of, is it possible that we can consider this? Um, could we think about that? Uh, you know, so so it's not imposing ideas, but saying, mm. can we? Is there a consideration for and, and kind of finding middle road in there? But you spoke about the importance of building relationships before the marriage with the different um, people in the in the families. For example, I love the idea of if I'm to marry a man with a daughter, let me build the relationship with that daughter almost separate from her dad. You know, let's let's meet each other as person to person That's and just lovely. enjoy each other. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I like the idea of gift giving and let's go shopping. <laughs> let's go do girly things as much as, you know, the dad who will take, let's say, my son, um, go and go and take him to his rugby match and go and enjoy that and do your boy thing separate from me. And in that way, almost gaining authenticity of she doesn't just like me because she likes my dad. She likes me because of me. Because that too can be an issue, isn't it? 
Yeah, and I think it, I'm just talking about the relationship building side. It could even be something really simple where you sit or lie on a couch. Yeah. Her on one, you on the other. Yeah. And you just talk about feelings. Um, so how was your week? How was your day? Yeah. Um, what are you feeling about me? Yes. Um, which, who, who are the friends in your life? But then it can also be little activities like um, developing a part of the garden where it could be your little choice of flowers and design as, as mother, yeah. in inverted commas, yeah. <laughs> and daughter. Um, it could be beading, getting a whole lot of little beads and making little bracelets. Yeah, um, And it's about getting to know the interest of the other, isn't mm. it? But you know what, Annie? And finding activities to be comfortable with each other. Yes. Um, like you say, not to force it. Mm -hmm. So you're quite right. If you can find out what each other's interests are and then work activities around that, yeah. that should help conversation. And sometimes it's not even about talking. It's just about being together and being comfortable being still. The shared moments. Mm. Hey? What I also find very, very helpful when there's been a loss and um, you come into the marriage and let's say I'm marrying a man who had lost his wife and there are children. Um, for me to know that I have to be a part of their healing process. Mm -hmm. So it's okay and I think it's extremely rewarding to actually have the child lie on the couch and say, tell me about your mom. That's beautiful because... Huh? Like you said, you're implying it's bringing in the past. Yes. And we're not denying the mom, we're acknowledging her. Yes. And it just gives the child the freedom to be comfortable in saying whatever comes to mind about her mom, that she doesn't have to keep it hidden. Yes. Yeah. And that is so, and even, you know, and I've, I've, I've counseled people through a process like that where the children will grieve with the stepmom when, when she was already married to the dad, would, would sit for hours and the children will cry by her and how that would have bonded, the quality that that gave, um, you know, to those relationships. And it's lovely if the stepmom doesn't try to be the mother or replace the mom. Mm -hmm. um, last week we spoke about how um, a step parent perhaps can be not called mum or dad yeah. but the biological mum holds that that name um, or not I mean in some blended family setups the children are quite comfortable calling the new mum mum yeah. and the ex-spouses are okay with that as well mm -hmm. but I, I do find that it can help if you can have the biological mum as the mum or dad and the new parent coming in, dis um, discussing what they would like to be called and what's comfortable for the child and the parents. Yeah. But another thing that pops up to mind for me, Shahida, um, with loss of a parent and then accepting a new parent in um, and trying to get that comfortableness in the relationship is to also maybe talk about extended family members. So maybe um, that child's in this case it would be maternal the mum's parents so the maternal grandparents and to involve them in visits and get to know them as well yeah so that for the child they're not having to lose those relationships as well absolutely but there's an inclusion and in a way the gain there for the child could be that they've got even more people in their lives that are loving them yeah and there doesn't have to be more loss 
besides the parent they've already lost. Yeah, and uh, that is so critical because you sometimes find that happens with even losing grandparents. Yeah. You know, if there's a new marriage, then it's almost like the deceased or the divorced parents' families get cut off. Can become forgotten. But or, it, it, or, or if that new um, adult marrying in is unfortunate enough to start feeling jealous or competing mm -hmm. and then alienating um, the exes or the deceased's family, that's very unhelpful. Yeah. So we do need to ask all parents concerned to remember that they are the adults and to try and think what it would be like for them to be that child. So it does get back to the loss, as you were saying right at the beginning. Yeah. It, it is so, and I think, I'm not sure whether we have to take emotional news or whether we can actually take this right up till 8 o'clock. I just want to come back to the importance then, you said earlier on, of planning, of having conversations, and conversations has to include the family of my deceased wife. You know, there would be sisters, and, and very often those sisters or those aunties would have played mother roles to the children. That's true. And so now mm. a new wife comes in, the, the, the adulthood that, the adultness that needs to prevail for those aunts as well as for the new wife. And the better those relationships, those are, the, you know, we spoke about happy scenarios yeah. but those are of the things that adds to happy scenarios yeah. isn't it yeah that that even the like the deceased wife's family adopts the new wife into their family as well and vice versa yeah so there's a lot of give and take there's a lot of blendedness as well there is and there's a lot of loss and gain and it's lovely that you use the word blended um yeah, you make you make a very good point. So, so there's, like you say, and I think the acknowledgement of loss and gain, and knowing that there there will then be sore and happy. Can we be merciful towards the sore and understand mm. it? Like you say, can we allow for room when a child will have a tantrum, for example? Set boundaries, manage it well, but have an approach of mercy and softness and and adultness so it's interesting you talk about the tantrum because it immediately has me think of a young child and yet a teenager or a young adult can have a tantrum as oh, well absolutely yeah. and for us as parents not to take that personally mm -hmm. um, and perhaps it's appropriate perhaps it's inappropriate but to give that person space to act out and then afterwards maybe to talk the appropriateness or how it could have been done differently or what was that actually all about? Yeah. And then to go to the anger and the sadness in relation to the lust that they're working through. Right. And and I think you said that in the, you said, mentioned in the first program, the importance of feelings. Mm. Acknowledge the feelings. Mm. And then you can get to, but sweetheart, you know, when you deal with it mm. this way or that way, it might not be very helpful. Mm. But and again, I think what you've just mentioned is alluding to do not try to do the remedying when it is in the tantrum moment. True. First contain. True. First make the situation feel better true and then we can speak <laughs> afterwards yeah yeah <laughs> i think you, you know the the importance and as we talk you kind of feel more and more how important it is that people must take these 
marriages very seriously. Can I can I tell you a little story? Yeah, you're welcome. And it's 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 about a little girl I saw on the weekend having a tantrum yeah. in a car park of a shopping centre, and I don't think the family was going through divorce or through death, but it's just so interesting with how one can react to a tantrum. And as the outsider, I actually said to the mom, if you like, I can help you through this. And what happened was her daughter was probably about four, clearly very, very tired. And um, as her mom put into the car, she started screaming. And of course, anyone walking by would think that the child was being harmed. And I was waiting to get into the parking, actually, because they were hopefully going to come out quickly, but I realized that wasn't going to happen because this daughter was taking a lot of negative control. But what amused me was that it was purely attention-seeking. Yes, she was tired because I saw that she was actually looking in the rearview mirror at her screaming face (laughs) (laughs) and observing it. And I I, I then got out the car and I said to the mom, do you know I've just seen your daughter do this? So Uh don't take it personally and I'll help you through it because just let her have her moments and she'll eventually exhaust herself, (laughs) not get the attention negatively and she'll start listening to you, you know. Anyway, so I actually sat next to the mom on a little stone outside the car and said to the little girl when she looked at me that I'm just keeping her mum company. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then talk through the mum what to say, what not to say. Yeah. And it's amazing how just giving her that space and just staying with the statements and not getting emotionally pulled in. Yeah. The tantrum soon over. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think it's very interesting because you're trying to bring calm to the scenario and so the mom is taking on latching onto your calm, but the child is actually also latching onto yeah. your calm. It's like, oh my word, I'm wasting my time because they're having a conversation even though I'm having a tantrum here. Yeah. And it started off with the mother <laughs> wanting to get emotionally pulled in and I'm almost sure. shot at the child. Yeah. And physically firmly put her into her car seat and strap her in yes and the child was getting into a fighty fighty mode but in the end she saw how it might take you even five minutes extra but she wasn't allowing her child to have the negative power over her yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and then and then like you say at the end we explained how it was quite easy to do it this way and next time <laughs> this is a better way to get into the car yeah. seat and get home you know yeah. and i think you know and and this is why having this conversation and this topic there are so many um, scenarios where one can just guide and discuss and have people listen and and even contribute i mean you'd made the the suggestion that we bring in someone who has who is in a blended family and even if it is they are struggling at the moment or wherever they are and if they want to be a part of coming in and telling their story of first loss and then the the second marriage you know they're welcome to do so but they can also send us a message or a text and tell us that now i have and i know that we have one more minute before we go into the the late evening prayer time i have a um a question that i've been asked and i'm going to keep that hold it over to for my next program which will be after the late evening prayer of Isha and one of it uh, the two questions actually the one Mm -hmm. question is speak about the ex-mother-in-law of the deceased's first wife 
And we can speak more about that in next week as well. I'll try and sure. address a little bit of that um, in my next program. Annie, thank you so much and all the best. Go well. Thank you very much, Shahida. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. You're welcome. So I've been speaking with Annie Jolivet de Oliveira of FAMSA.